Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What does that part mean? Jeffrey Rosen has the answer. He's just published a brand new book. It's terrific. It's titled The Pursuit of Happiness, How Classical Writers on Virtue Inspired the Lives of the Founders and Defined America. Jeffrey Rosen is, of course, the president and chief executive officer of the National Constitution Center. Congratulations, Jeffrey. Thank you for being here. So I thought this was really a labor of love on your part. You not only answer all the questions, but you tell us about your process, not the least of which is that you found a Jefferson reading list from five years before he wrote the Declaration of Independence, and then you read all those books. Tell me about it. Thank you so much, Michael. It's wonderful to be here. It was a labor of love. I found this reading list, and at the top of it was a book I'd never heard of by Cicero called The Tusculan Disputations. And it (laughs) turns out Jefferson would send a passage from this book to anyone who asked him when he was old, what's the true meaning of happiness? And the passage basically says, 
it's tranquility of mind and avoiding extreme emotions that allows you to be your best self and to serve others. So during COVID, I thought I should read this book because I'd never heard of it and, and what else to read. And as you say, I found that reading list, which again, Jefferson had a knack for advice and kind of self-help. And he, he would send this reading list out to kids who were going to law school and friends of his. And in the section on ethics or religion, I saw all these books of ancient moral philosophy that I'd never read. Cicero, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, and some Enlightenment books too. So during COVID, I set out to read the books. They completely transformed my understanding of the pursuit of happiness, of how to be a good person, how to be a good citizen. And I'm so excited to write about that journey in this book. I completely, I'm embarrassed as an attorney. I am completely, uh, I was wrong in how I interpreted those words. I, until I read your book, I did think it was pursuit of pleasure. I had no idea that they intended it, they the founders, Jefferson in particular, as a pursuit of virtue. Distinguish between the two. Uh, you put it so well. For the, for the founders, happiness was not feeling good. It was being good. It was the pursuit of virtue, not the pursuit of pleasure. And by the pursuit of virtue, they meant, uh, we, we would call it self-improvement, uh, self-mastery, character improvement, being your best self. Really, emotional intelligence is the modern word. And I, I'm embarrassed, too, that I hadn't known about this. It's, it's It was hiding in plain sight. This is not some secret meaning, but I, I read all the documents that Jefferson relied on for the phrase, the pursuit of happiness, Christian theologians, civic Republican writers, legal writers, and those ancient philosophers, all of them use the phrase, the pursuit of happiness. All of them interpret it in this classical way. It turns out that this was the, the basic understanding of the pursuit of happiness for almost all of Western history. And it just dropped out of our culture sometime in the 20th century. The intention is not to say, go out and do whatever makes you happy, whatever gives you pleasure. If if you want to drink to excess, you have a right to do it or to put some toxin in your body or to lead your life in whatever fashion you see fit. But rather, um, you use the word in the book. And I don't know if it was a word that they would have used, but you use the word mindfulness. Yes, it's not a word they would have used, but it's very central to their understanding and there are deep connections between the classical and ancient understanding of the pursuit of happiness and Eastern wisdom traditions like the Dhammapada and the Bhagavad Gita, which do use terms like mindfulness. And it turns out that the founders knew it. John Adams was so excited to have learned that Pythagoras, the founder of Greek moral philosophy, was said to have traveled in the East and read the Hindu Vedas. And uh, the wisdom of the East that we are what we think and life is shaped by the mind is mirrored in the Stoic wisdom that we should focus on controlling the only thing we can control, which is our own thoughts and actions and not have attachment to externals, not try to control the reactions of others. And if we just tend to the light within, then we can achieve tranquility and happiness. So in my pursuit of virtue, not in my pursuit of pleasure, but in my pursuit of virtue, what responsibilities are attached? What what do I owe Jeffrey Rosen in your pursuit of virtue? Well, you, d you don't owe anything to me, but you owe something to yourself and to the eternal harmonies of the universe to live according to reason and nature and to repress your anger and your fear and your jealousy and all those unproductive emotions that divide you from other people so you can align with uh, others and connect to others and serve others. So in that sense, 
in order to be a good citizen, you have to first be a good person. The founders drew this connection between personal self-government and political self-government. And unless you and I can avoid tweeting our angriest response and being guided by our immediate impulses, unless we can have sober second thoughts, we're not going to vote wisely, we're not going to make good choices, and we're not going to productively be able to deliberate with others. This is why, for the founders, this moral psychology was a central part of their political philosophy. And the whole project helped me understand the Federalist Papers and the Constitution in an entirely new light. Jeffrey Rosen's new book is titled The Pursuit of Happiness, How Classical Writers on Virtue Inspired the Lives of the Founders and Defined America. It's a great read. So you walk through in several chapters a number of the founders and and you apply the lessons of their lives to this subject. For example, Benjamin Franklin had a list of virtues. Thomas Jefferson had canons of conduct. What would I find or what did I find when reading your book in each of those, the canons of conduct, the book of virtues? Start with Franklin. Um, he, he When he was in his 20s, he resolved to achieve moral perfection. And he made a list of 13 virtues. And they included temperance, prudence, order, cleanliness. He saved the one he found hardest for last, which was humility. A Quaker friend told him to add that one. And he made a a chart, and every night he resolved to work on a different virtue and to put an X mark when he fell short. He tried this for a while. He found it depressing because there were so many X marks, but he thought he was a better person for having tried. Jefferson had remarkably 12 very similar virtues. Um, He put them in slightly different ways. Uh, Jefferson's version of resolution was resolved to do what you ought and do what you resolve. Uh, Silence was if you're angry, count to 10. If very angry, count to 100. And he sent this list to his daughters uh, as canons of conduct. All of them are basically jumping off the four classical virtues, which are prudence, temperance, courage, and justice. Interestingly, they don't focus as much on the Christian virtues of faith, hope, and charity, although there are overlaps between them. And they're all about character improvement and emotional self-governance. So relative to Franklin, you point out correctly that humility was number 13 on the list. I should point out that chastity was number 12, and he struggled with that, too. I know, Jeffrey, that some are listening to this and saying, wait a minute, Jeffrey Rosen, the president and CEO of the National Constitution Center and and a constitutional scholar, has written a new book, and it's about the meaning of the pursuit of happiness. And he's here to tell us that they meant the word as virtue, not as pleasure, Were they so virtuous, though, especially those who owned slaves? You address the subject in the book, but how do you square the two? It's a crucial question, and the answer is you can't square it. And the surprise, though, is they didn't try to square it. The founders recognized their own hypocrisy. And Patrick Henry said, is it not amazing that I, who believe that slavery... We lost Jeffrey there for a moment. Hopefully he's going to come back with a signal in just a, there we go. You're back. We lost there. you for a moment. Just pick up where you were. So sorry. Um, Patrick Henry basically said that it was avarice or greed that led him and the other enslavers not to abandon a system that they found immoral because they liked the lifestyle that it made possible. And this doesn't in any way justify their conduct, but it's striking that they viewed their own hypocrisy in terms of the moral philosophy that they read and they recognized their own weakness. Now, some of them were better than others. Uh, Franklin himself freed his uh, enslaved human being, uh, Peter, and he became a leading abolitionist. Washington freed his own slaves on his death. Jefferson was 
really the, the the worst of the bunch in terms of his hypocrisy. And he only freed his own children by Sally Hemings on his death. His other enslaved population was sold to pay his debts. And he uh, but he underst- he knew it, too. And, and he recognized his hypocrisy. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Jeffrey, in, in bringing this to more current times, you point out that the pursuit of happiness became the pursuit of feeling good in the 1960s. If the 1960s were a decade of feeling good, not a decade of virtue, where are we today? Well, we're in the in the thick of the you do you and do whatever feels good and let it all hang out. And it's it's really striking how popular culture now celebrates the opposite of what the founders uh, viewed as happiness. But of course, things are even worse than they were in the 60s because of social media and Enraged to engage and the fact that posts based on anger and passion travel further than those based on reason are really the founder's nightmare. So that's added to the cultural changes of the 60s, this deep challenge to deliberation in the political sphere. And that's why we're in such a serious state of affairs. 
you address the subject as well. Don't worry, I'm not going to give it all away for free. I want people to buy and read The Pursuit of Happiness, but I am pulling out some of the nuggets that I really found of significance. You offer a take on how the Founding Fathers, those responsible, Jefferson et al., for the words, The Pursuit of Happiness, what would they look, what would they think of a screen-driven world? To come into the modern era and see everyone looking at a cell phone, they'd be saying what? They'd be saying this, this is our nightmare. Stop, put away the cell phone and stop browsing and read. The most inspiring thing about these founders is what deep readers they were. And they fell short of their ideals on many levels. But until the end of their life, they're growing and, and reading broadly and thinking about Eastern and Western uh, philosophy and keeping up this strong reading schedule until the end of their days. They're all about habits, and they're waking up at sunrise from the time they were kids until right before their deaths, and and reading and writing and thinking and growing. So if there's any silver lining in this social media age, it's that all of the wisdom of the world is free and online. And I was able to read these incredible books just sitting at home. And it just blows my mind that we have this shimmering library of wisdom waiting for us to learn from. All we need is the self-discipline to actually read it. Well, and you you actually publish in the book the founders or a founders, a compilation, a reading list. Like, what would they have us read today that you think stands the test of time? Pick something out on that list and recommend it. Well, it's it's all great, and I recommend that uh, everyone check out all 10 books uh, in, in Jefferson's reading list. If you want to read the ancient philosophy, uh, Marcus Aurelius is a great place to read for the for the Stoics. He's really accessible. Among the Enlightenment thinkers, um, David Hume, essays are really wonderful. But don't stop at the ethics section. Jefferson has all these great books of these novels uh, like Lawrence Stern and Tristram Shandy and poets. And and he, he recommends that we get up before sunrise, read all day, basically history and philosophy in the morning, and then you're allowed some literature in the evening when you're more tired. But it's just let's all inspire ourselves to read as deeply as the founders did. Uh, we'll just feel so much happier as a result. Finally, I always learn when I read the acknowledgments. In the acknowledgments for your book, sadly, you point out that as you were completing this project, you lost your father, Dr. Sidney Rosen. Uh, you also point out that he was one of the leading hypnotherapists of the 20th century. How, how would he have felt about this subject? I sense he would not have been surprised as to the way these individuals led their lives and that he was seeking to do likewise. Thank you so much for asking, Michael, and allowing me to remember Dad. He quoted a 16th century mystic, Paracelsus, as we imagine ourselves to be, so shall we be, and we are what we imagine. And with his great mustering of the power of the imagination to uh, transform our reality, Dad's teaching about hypnosis had great connections to the Eastern and Western Western wisdom traditions. And I think he would have been so inspired to see that this was the core understanding of happiness throughout history. And his example inspires me every day. I really enjoyed the book. I'd, I'd be derelict in omission in not telling you. I felt rather inadequate having read it because it was <laughs> it was such a recognition that I spend all of my time in the here and now in the contemporary headlines, in, in all of the web-based material, because I'll have to address it on tomorrow's radio program. And yet there's a whole world out there that, that I feel has been lost on me. And I hope that I can make changes to, uh, to do what you've done. Maybe I'm not going to read every one of Jefferson's recommended books, but, but my God, there's a lot there that I can be doing. 
Thank you so much, Michael. I feel the same way when I see how deeply they read. And the greatest gift that this project gave me is just developing a habit. In the morning, I, I'm not allowed to browse until I've done my reading. And that really changed the amount that I'm able to read. And it's all thanks to the to the founders. Thank you, Jeffrey. Good luck with the book. It's called The Pursuit of Happiness. I appreciate it every time you're here. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it, too. Thank you. Jeffrey Rosen is the president and CEO of the National Constitution Center. I know this audience. You'll love this book. So give it a read. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 